accelerating, accelerating your, your fandom. fandom. This, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. It's a new season, but it's, I guess it's not a new me. It's the same me, but a new season, and I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, a new season of what, Bell? Um, it's it's the, the, the hit CW show. You just said it, The Flash. The Flash! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Can I, like, uh, let's just start there. I just want to start there right quick before we... Before we do anything <laughs> official, go, go for but, it. Yeah, before we do the, the, the stuff that we need to do before we get into the show, this is like the, the, the you know, pre-show, pre-show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I have been waiting for that moment on this show since... Ah! It started. And really? I, yes. Interesting. You know, I love I love Cisco's uh, com- commentary on that. And you know, I think like everybody like always rushes to the Flash Gordon theme, not realizing that it is the Flash Gordon theme. You know, like I feel like well, Flash Gordon is like he's exited public consciousness. He's no longer part of the zeitgeist. And so whenever anybody finds, it's like, why haven't they done this on the Flash? And it's like, well, that's a completely different character. <laughs> well, yeah, I know everybody. Yeah, you know, I don't. Maybe everybody doesn't know it's Flash Gordon. I I always that's why I wanted it on there because of like. A, it's Flash, and it's like not Flash at the same time. Uh-huh. And so I just thought that would be like super ironic if they played Flash Gordon's theme song on The Flash. No, I, a completely I, different character. I think it's fine. I mean, you know, the whole it's it's part of the motif. I think it works. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I had a blast with that. That was hilarious and awesome and amazing and uh, perfectly timed. There was no better sequence to use it than that. And I mean, like I'm one to talk in terms of like mixing franchises because for at least a season and a half, our our podcast logo was done up in the Harry Potter font because of the lightning <laughs> zigzag. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not one to talk. It's fine. It's fine. All right, man. Let's uh let's let's dive into this. Of course, you are back. We are back. We are back here at Flash TV Talk for another great season. And honestly, we would not be here right now. You would not be listening to us right now if it was not specifically and directly because of the support of our amazing patrons at patreon.com slash TV Talk. You know, exiting last season, we had kind of a uh, kind of a kind of a hiccup that we were heading to and we needed support if we were going to be able to make it to this season. And so uh, those of y'all that, that kind of rallied together that got behind us uh, and supported us on Patreon and who are currently supporting us on Patreon, we would not be able to do this without you. And if you've not done so already, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk to learn more about the new benefits that are available to those supporting us on Patreon. Uh, you could be one of them. Join our discord through that and a lot of great stuff. So again, patreon.com slash TV talk. Got to get that out of the way and, uh, and show big love to everybody there who's making this show happen uh man okay yes we have a new season we have a lot that's going on in the off season uh bell and i did a series of episodes called the road to crisis we also had Derek russell uh join us for a couple of episodes as well to kind of prep uh as we get closer and closer and bell i gotta tell you man with some of the pictures that are rolling out and everything else i'm starting to think that maybe road to crisis might might become like a a new segment on the show here for a little while What, what are your thoughts on that yeah, that that could be a, a really interesting thing. I saw some uh, uh, some screenshots there on Twitter not too long ago, like actually, yeah. you know, a couple minutes before um, 
uh, before starting the podcast. And so I, I think, I think, you know, at least until crisis, a, a road to crisis section would not be a bad idea. If I'll just want to say this, if we do something like that, we're not going to do that this episode, but if we do something like that, it will be towards the end of the episode, uh, past the speedster speculation. You know, we, we don't really do spoilers. At least we try not to do spoilers as part of the main show. And so, uh, yeah, that, that, if we do something like that, it'll either be like a um, kind of a cookie after after the main podcast or, or maybe a segment uh, towards the end right before uh, feedback. So anyway, wanted to kind of throw that out there, get uh, some thoughts and, and see what you guys think. And uh, yeah, maybe you'll hear that next week. All right. But before we can get to next week, man, we got to dive into this week. We've got so much show tonight. It's going to be great. So let's dive into it, man. Bell, you ready? I'm ready. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. <laughs> Episode one of season six, Into the Void, directed by Gregory Smith and story by Eric Wallace and Kelly Wheeler. Bell, what happened to this episode? While Barry and Iris deal with the loss of their daughter, the team faces their greatest threat yet, one that threatens to destroy all of Central City. Meanwhile, Killer Frost has a brush with death that will change her relationship with Caitlin forever. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. All right, man, we got a lot going on here. Um, first things first, Joe and Cecile throw the uh, biggest fail that a barbecue has ever seen in the history of barbecues. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, uh, it, it didn't seem that much of a fail because people did eat. There was food that was like half eaten on plates. I saw that. Half eaten barbecue food? Come on, man. That was their first That was their first serving, too. Look at the serving dishes. How do you know? Because you look at the serving dishes. I mean, maybe they just made a lot. Maybe, maybe that was the second out bowl. The sides late. Everything, man. I'm just saying, man. That was a that was a net fail of a barbecue. Everybody left early. Yeah. Hardly anybody ate anything. Nobody helped clean uh, up. They got nobody helped clean up. Come on, man. That's Papa Joe and Mama Cecile. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I've been to better barbecues. I will say that. Yeah. That was that was a little rough. That was a little rough. I kind of was feeling for him, but I did I did appreciate kind of the family gathering. You know, I believe uh, I want to say. I think it was Candace. It may it may have been someone else that uh, posted on Twitter about the that scene being really fun to shoot because generally speaking, this cast is so large and everybody generally has all their their kind of their side missions and everything going on that you rarely ever actually get a sequence or an opportunity for them all to literally be together. Yeah, right. In the exact same <laughs> place. So uh, so yeah, it was, it was nice to have that kind of family moment. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'd be willing to bet that like some of those characters haven't seen each either on the same show, but like don't see each other for months during filming because they just don't have scenes together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you think about kind of the, probably the Christmas episode is, is probably the big one. Cause generally there's a, you know, everybody's kind of gathering around the tree and talking about some stuff. And then uh, generally the season finale, I think, but even then I could be wrong. Cause a lot of times those are shot with like, you know, a couple people are outside the building, a couple people are inside the building, which means that some people are in Vancouver and other people are, in another building in Vancouver. So <laughs> you just never know. But um, yeah. So anyway, all in all, I'm saying that was a net fail of a barbecue. Bell, you're giving them some grace. That's fine. But one thing we do learn at the barbecue is that Cisco seems to have adjusted pretty well to his post vibe life. Uh, he has no powers. He is still on the team. Definitively. So he is not sad. Sco. He is happy. Sco. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's classic. Sco class well okay all right yeah i i like you just really i got some vibes of like it it, it was uh you know the the season one uh in like the early season cisco's but just a little bit 
less naive, more wise about about things, which I really appreciated. Like the, you know, because Cisco was was bringing up the, the the tough questions about like, all right, are we gonna you know have to sacrifice uh, uh, this guy, or are we gonna have to like you know let the black hole eat all Central City? Interesting. You okay, know, so. Yeah. I, you're right. He did kind of transition back into his classic uh, persona, um, you know, his ability to use his mind to create gadgets to get around the situations and such. I mean, that is that Cisco. This is great. This is season one Cisco. Here's the thing, though. The device he's making is literally the same thing that he would be able to do if he had his powers. Like look, look into alternate timelines. Yeah, like he's well, making a device specifically to see into potential timelines. Like that is literally the powers he gave up. I, I think, I think what he's doing though is this is a device that Flash can use to it's to amplify Flash. Since Cisco doesn't have this ability anymore, I believe that that was the driving factor behind it. Is that now we can amplify the Flash's, mm. uh, you know, thinking process? So that it's, it's not necessarily different timelines; it's different possibilities. Like. So, you know, for example, there's a bullet being shot and uh, it, it, it's like into a crowd of people. He can then maybe calculate what would happen, you know, to the bullet and various different things. So, like he doesn't want to push it in the wrong direction and have it ricochet and hit somebody else. So he can like see different possibilities in that regard. I don't think it's something like see what's happening on Earth 2 or see what's happening on Earth 64. I think it's more of like a uh, uh, ability to see what will happen in certain situations. Interesting. So it is essentially, it's like it's in his wheelhouse that he would be familiar with in kind of the uh, multiple possibilities, but instead of the multi earths or the, the multiverse, it's much more about potential sequences in the same timeline. That That's my guess. And plus, okay. I mean, it, it kind of isn't, isn't Cisco's power because like, yes, sure. Cisco could jump to different universes and see what's going to happen, but like he couldn't do it quick enough to you know, really make a change unless it was like a long-term kind of thing they're talking about. Like, I feel like this okay. is more for, uh, events that are happening right now. And, uh, although Barry did specifically say, you know, he, he can help catch bad guys quicker with it. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, going to be used to help determine potential time or potential events happening and like, you know, what's going to happen in the future and kind of things like that. Uh, so they'll have that ability now that Cisco's gone and to kind of like, you know, see what's going to happen near term. All right. That's fair. I mean, if you think about it too, in the past, a lot of Cisco's ability in that, that arena has been more about uh, really kind of looking at potential timelines that no longer exist in retrospect, as opposed to projecting them out. So you're right. I see that. And I see that it actually does kind of fit well. It, it does take that, um, that that space that he used to exist in, but applies it in a more flash centric way, which given the name of the show makes a lot of sense. Uh, and yeah. also I, I have a question about this because so when I was watching it last night, uh, I finally got my like TV antenna thing working. Um, and I came in after the first commercial break and is it, did they, they only mention this device that he's building at the barbecue, right? Yeah. Very briefly. Okay. Because when they, and it, and even still, like, you know, when I came to, you know, in the episode and they used it at the end, I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> and even, Four months later, that's what it happened. Yeah, and even still, you know, after like the, oh, you know, he throws in the laptop and he's working on the thing or whatever, like, it's still kind of sort of out of the blue that they finished this. And, you know, I don't know. I, that, that seemed kind of like kind of out of left field for me, but, you know, whatever. 
Okay. All right. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. But I mean, we did, you know, the, obviously the episode started off with uh, pretty much like the moment after last season and then the, the device uh, containing the message from Nora malfunctions. We don't really know what happens. And then, of course, we skip ahead to the future. And so, you know, a lot a lot can happen in four four months. We know that Cisco has been known to build devices a lot slower th- or a lot faster than that. So, um, yeah, I think he's been working on this chamber for some time. Now, Ralph in that time has also been going around being all 007 uh, out, out, out on the town looking for his Sue who... Uh, you know, I think it's time, man. I think I think you know, seeing Ralph in a tux, he's much nicer now. He's still kind of goofy and silly. This is, you know, a nice blend of of the Ralph that was and the Ralph that could be. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that they're keeping the silly aspect of him, and they're yeah. losing all the like the weird like sexual miscreant like you know pervert well, aspects of like him. <laughs> they've swung him in so many different directions. Let's see, Ralph came on in, in what season? Three and se- uh, three seasons back, right? Uh, the thinker season so thinker season so that's two seasons back yeah so and during that season he was um let's just say hashtag problematic and then we roll into the next season and i almost feel like he went like swung so much in the other direction where he was silly but then he was like ultra compassionate and everything else it's like who is this guy and now i feel like they've got the nice blend but i could be yeah. wrong yeah no I, I i think i think they've kind of like found their stride so to speak with yeah. ralph and yeah I'm, I'm i'm happy with that i think it's a good happy medium between like you know the the last season's um you know goofy compassionate and like the season prior's like confident creepo ralph yeah now what his interest is in terms of like like looking after killer frost is is interesting um you know, I, I so Caitlin, this episode, um, she's going through some stuff. Now she has a friend and that friend is going to be a supervillain. And how do we know that friend is going to be a supervillain? Not because we saw him become a supervillain because he was interested to go out on a date with Caitlin. So it's <laughs> like, okay, this guy's interested in Caitlin. He's a supervillain. Run, Caitlin, run. Yeah. Yeah. So that would make two out of three of her romantic interests uh, turn Th- out to be supervillains. Three out of three. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. I guess Robbie. So he's, but all right, this would make uh, three out of four then, because you had uh, the fake J, which was Solomon. You had um, uh, Cicada, not Cicada. Uh, shoot, Doctor Alchemy. Mm, but he wasn't. But he was though. That was all against his will, though, wasn't it? I don't. That doesn't matter. He was the bad guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you're just gonna say yes, he was the bad guy. Yes, it doesn't matter if it was not his under his control or anything like that. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm saying that like all of the big bads think or notwithstanding all end up, you know, macking on Caitlin <laughs> at some point. And so I'm glad that we actually got that trope out of the way early on. So we didn't have to watch half a season. Of yeah. Like, they, they just, Cisco needs to just make a device like some kind of like evil detector and like anybody that Caitlin decides to date, you know, it'll just go off and they'll arrest him immediately. And then the yeah. season will be over. See, that's, that's what they need. They don't even need, she's the device bell. She's like, they don't need a device to figure out what uh, just, the, just, the crime before it happens. It's just like, all right, uh, put, put Caitlin on uh, you know, Tinder or something and whoever responds. Just put villain. him in the pipeline. Anybody who responds to Caitlin's Tinder ads, uh, put him in the pipeline. 
Yeah, there you go. Problem or, or solved. Or Bumble. Isn't it Bumble? She would be on I Bumble. Don't know I, don't know. I don't know. I've never done the thing. But anyway, point is that uh, that there you go. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Caitlin's alter ego here in just a second. But first, uh, let's talk about blood work. So this was the introduction of a new character. He does have kind of the famous, you know, my name is bringing kind of that sense of, uh, you know, it, it almost immediately communicates that this is somebody who is very self-involved. Uh, I mean, he's introducing himself at a funeral. Yeah, which is odd, right? No, not necessarily. It's his mom. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, and like, but maybe her mom had friends. It wasn't that big of a funeral. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, it really wasn't. I'm saying that was weird. That was just expo- that was that was that was for the audience. That was cool. Yeah, oh, absolutely, it's for the audience. But that's the thing, man. Like to me, it just it. it I think, and I could be wrong here, but I interpreted that as kind of a way to let us know that this is somebody who believes that he is in his own show, right? Like he thinks that the show is about him. He thinks that the kind of the, he is the hero of the story. Uh, and I see what you yeah, did there. No, I think so. I do. I think Her- hero. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. I think that's where he's at. Oh, I see what you see. I did see. Yeah, I didn't yeah, do no, that. It took you a minute. It took I you a minute. do that on purpose. Uh, but you know, he does, he does think he's the hero of this story. Um, he immediately, you know, registers as crazy. You know, he, he gets very intense very quickly. Uh, kind of odd, honestly, that Caitlin, I, I don't think that, that that didn't come across as crazy to me. It came across as passionate and intense. Really? The whole like, yeah. like bagging on his mom, uh, the bagging on his mom kind of thing. That was, that was, I was, I was kind of surprised at, but I can see where he's coming from because the, the, you know, anecdote that he told at the, at almost at the wedding at the funeral, um, was, you know, that she always told everybody to like, you, know, you got to pick up, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and all this kind of stuff. And like, keep going, no matter how hard it hurts, you're going to heal. And then, uh, he was just crushed by the fact that in, uh, when she faced death, she was a hypocrite, right. And that she didn't do that. And all she did was just, you know, take stuff off her bucket list as opposed to keep fighting. And I think, I think that's where that comes from. That's anger at this figure that he thought his mother was not being who that was okay. or who, who she was. Right. It just seemed like a complete 180 to me, but you're right about one thing. I mean, it, it, it speaks to kind of a big theme of this episode, which is dealing with loss, right? Like that's, that's, that's the thing yeah. that most of these characters are all uh, really dealing with. I mean, Cisco is dealing very well with the loss of his powers, um, you know, Caitlin, of course, is uh, about to deal, or rather, Killer Frost is dealing with kind of a loss of a life that she never really had. Uh, Bloodwork is dealing with the loss of his mom, and uh, even even our villain here is kind of dealing with a, a sense of loss. Um, Chester Runk, man. So this uh, this character of Chunk from the comics, uh, a very different take, but a kind of a nice homage to the character in in the comics. Chunk is a very, very large individual who has a black hole living inside of him that he has to eat like nine times his body mass in order to kind of stay in existence. So what they did, obviously, for the show was they made that more that uh, connected to his mind as opposed to his body. Yeah, which is interesting. I wasn't very familiar. I actually wasn't familiar at all with this character. Um yeah, I, I mean, he's he's got he's kind of like a blob esque character, uh, if you recall the blob from uh, X Men. Yeah. So very, just kind of a very large, large individual, very brilliant. Um, you know, the the way in which he got powers is actually very similar to this, although I don't think Twitch was around back then. 
Um, so I don't think he was uh, going live on Twitch at, at that time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man. No, nah, dude, he was clearly on Mixer. Yeah, was that Mixer? Well, that was probably <laughs> somebody needs to be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, so Chester rock, man, what'd you think of, uh, what'd you think of him? Oh, so, uh, I, I, there are a couple things here for this. Uh, the comments that were scrolling by were hilarious. Did you read any of them? I saw a couple of them, uh, a lot of star Wars related stuff. There was a Peter, Peter pizza was one, I believe. Uh, there was uh, pizza, pizza Parker or something like that. Yeah, and, and there's there's one person who had a screen name that says I'm the real or like the real Flash and they're like I'm the real Flash guys seriously, and uh, <laughs> I, I could just imagine one. Barry like typing that in there. <laughs> like, I just think that would have been hilarious. Uh, there was somebody that said first, uh, yeah, a, a bunch of just you know I, I thought that was hilarious. The you know the streamer aspect of it was really cool. That's great. Um, That's great. I'm surprised so, Ring That Bell didn't make it in. I know, right? Like, holy crap! How awesome would that have been if there was somebody <laughs> named Ring That Bell in there? I, like, I, I would have, I don't know, I would have freaked out. That'd have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been amazing. But uh, no, I actually, I, I thought uh, that was kind of fun. Although um, he, he was kind of a sad individual. Uh, Chunk was. I thought so. Uh, like he was, he was all happy. Like again, this kind of deals with the notion of like putting on faces and how we deal with kind of life situations and such. But like, he was all very like big emotion and big happy but then like you know as people are asking apparently there's a girl he has a crush on at the coffee shop that he talks talks to people online about yeah that's a little a little creepy though right well maybe he's just you know shy except for when he's on camera i'm just saying if she found out that like he was talking about her on the internet you don't think that'd be weird it would depend on the relationship with the coffee shop like if if they uh, like talk to each other at the coffee shop, kind of like as friends or whatever. Sure. Fine. But if he's like, hi, can I, can I get a coffee? And then like talks about her like that on the internet. Yes, that's creepy. Um, but I think, you know, if it's just, if, if they have conversations at the coffee shop and it's kind of like, you know, a friendly sort of conversation. Sure. I still think that's uh, creepy. Like to talk about somebody else online that they don't know that you're talking about them. It's one thing if like, it's it's one that's thing like, they that's like know. the vast majority of every online conversation that's though. not true though i mean we typically when you and i if we make reference to somebody that we know that doesn't know about this show we never mention their name like we don't we don't sit around and talk oh hey you know uh remember let's talk about your ex-girlfriend from high school bell let's let's do that right now <laughs> see that'd be weird that'd be weird yeah probably so that that's all i'm saying about the whole I, sad might be the wrong word but i don't know that that aspect of it made me kind of gave me a bit of a creep factor yeah I, I we don't we don't know his conversations with this barista so i don't know but uh if it if it is a kind of stalky sort of situation which i don't think it is 100 percent yet but um yeah no i mean i think he was i mean he seemed like a nice dude especially you know when he comes back down and he's got the <laughs> the crazy eyes and everything like, you know, I, I'm, I mean, he seems like he's a nice guy. He's obviously going to be hanging around, uh, star labs for a few episodes while they get him back. Uh, you know, uh, I guess whole. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what, uh, we'll see. We'll see what becomes of him. I have a feeling we might see him again in the future. Black holes, bell, black holes opening up all around uh, central city. Um, what's really no, weird. I'm not a science person however I, I thought might you might end up having some commentary on this. yeah um so i mean i can get all pedantic about it but like it's the flash so like whatever but uh wow. 
<laughs> We've uh, yeah, season six bell is much more forgiving than previous season. It was a black hole in that it was a hole that was black, and that's about all. That's that's uh-huh. about it. It was it was so, two dimensional, except for the one part that at the end when Barry ran into it, it was like conical. Like, I don't know yeah. why it was conical. I mean, they're they're spherical. But it's really hard. I will say this, though. I will say this, though. There was a little bit of gravity. Like, once Barry jumped through the the um, the black... It, it's like an Acme black hole. You know, like the, the ones that, you know, uh, instant hole? And, like, the, the they would put it on, like, a wall to reach through the wall and grab something? Yeah, sure. That's what this was, basically. Okay, so this is Looney Tunes. Yeah, it, it, it's very much this Looney is Tunes. kangaroo black yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say this, though. Uh, when Barry jumps through and, like, it's showing uh, the, the black hole and the others, like, uh, he's coming towards the camera and the black hole's behind him. Uh, yeah. There was some, it looked like there's some gravity lensing there uh, on the weird, like, space i guess it's like space that was inside there so that was cool yeah. that was cool I was, I was appreciative of that and they did get you know like the the, the red uh because there, there was a black hole uh, that they photographed recently and uh if you've ever seen interstellar mm-hmm. that is pretty close to what a real three-dimensional black hole would look like uh it, it you know it looks like there's a a, a ring you know, it depends on how the, you know, accretion disk and stuff. And, and it depends on the direction that you're facing it and like w- direction of the accretion disk as to how like the stuff, you know, but it basically looks like there's, you know, uh, a, a ring of material in front of it. And because the light bends it behind it, it kind of goes over it too and under it as well. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised they didn't like just steal that clip from <laughs> interstellar <laughs> just put it in there but you know i mean like they don't want to waste their budget making a, a, a physically you know uh accurate uh representation of a black hole so you know whatever okay i'm, I'm just right. and 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 <laughs> yeah it's i'm disappointed with how forgiving you are it's just it's just, it's just weird to me <laughs> it's just weird to me that people start flying towards black holes and less massive objects don't. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the big thing that I was thinking here. I was like, you know what? I don't know anything about black holes, but I'm pretty sure like putting that guy back in the exact same position he was when he was being pulled in the black hole, is not going to magically make him not start sucking into the black hole? Yeah. Right? Well, and, and that's another thing too, is that like, you know, I, you know, you have an event horizon where, you know, it pretty much light can't escape from it at that point. Uh, you're, you're, when you're beyond the event horizon, uh, the gravity is too intense and not even, uh, not even light. The speed of light is like basically higher in the, uh, event horizon of the black hole. So like, right. yeah. And, and, and gravity is also one of those things where, uh, it's, it's the weakest of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, fundamental forces, you know, like electromagnet, uh, electro electromagnetism, the strong nuclear force, weak nuclear force, gravity, all that kind of stuff. So like, you know, everything has everything that has mass as gravity, but like gravity, uh, in and of itself is like a, a black hole with an event horizon that's small. Like, I wonder how massive it would be. It would be very, very massive, but I don't know if it'd be massive enough to pull a person towards it. But what if it was a black hole with somebody's mind? Yeah, I'd like to crunch <laughs> some numbers on that because because I, I am curious because we can you can tell how big it is, right? It was about like, I don't know, three meters across. So like if if the event horizon of a black hole is three meters across, you can kind of like estimate the mass of it. And I'd be curious to see if that could even pull uh, like a person 
towards it. Well, I have a feeling that we'll be all uh, watching Twitter uh, <laughs> closely for your calculations. Sophia I'm, Garcia says I'm no they couldn't make so the black. Sorry. There you go. Sophia Garcia says they couldn't make the black hole like that because of the view. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the interesting thing. I mean, like when it first popped up in, uh, you know, the, the scene with um, Iris at the at the uh, not garbage station. That's not what that is called. <laughs> trash um, dump. <laughs> trash dump. Uh, when it th- when it showed up at the trash dump at first, I thought maybe it was a portal to another Earth. Um, you know, the fact that it was red made me think that perhaps it had something to do with. Um, you know, maybe another speedster uh, who also might be a, a, in kind of a red variety. But, you know, obviously it, it was ultimately connected with junk. But when that hole opened up and things started going in, I didn't even quite realize that it was the vest that went through, Nora's vest that went through. Um, I knew that that's what, you know, obviously she had, but I thought she had taken it out of the trunk before it went down. into. Oh, the, uh, yeah. No, she put it back in. Yeah, I noticed that. But here's another thing, too. How is it being suspended above above the earth? Like. Oh, you talk about the black hole. Like, oh, what's holding it up? All right. See, now now I feel bad because I feel like now I've got you all wound up and we need to transition away from the. Oh, no. It's like, uh, why is it? Why is it floating? Like, it shouldn't be floating. It should be falling. It's it's a massive object. It would fall through the center of the earth. Because, man, it's controlled by his mind. It's like telepathy, but with black holes black hole it's like, well it's like it's like telekinesis so it's like you know how like fire control like that is pyrokinesis this is black hole kinesis man that's that's a pretty that's a pretty potent ability right there let me tell you there you go there you go and clearly um uh, if he could ever i mean maybe he'll get control of it and it'll be a huge um uh, uh asset to the team but uh i'll tell you who's about to be a huge asset to the team until she's not ladies and gentlemen the moment that many of us have all been waiting for killer frost comes to the team flash in full she is rocking out a new costume that is a wonderful homage to her comic book costume and uh yeah look i love caitlin caitlin's great but i've said for the longest time that like caitlin is only as interesting as as she is when she is moving in the direction of killer frost now the way that i interpreted this episode and bell you may have taken a different way is that killer frost is the new caitlin and Caitlin might be popping up from time to time, but like Killer Frost is really going to be the character this season. I think that'd be super cool. I kind of hope that's where they're going with it. Like, you know, Caitlin's lived a life. She's had all this stuff happen and Killer Frost is just getting kind of the backseat. And, you know, she even said it herself where she used to think that Killer Frost was a part of her. And I'm, and I'm super comfortable letting you go out and be you because now I feel like I, I am now a part of you, Killer Frost. So, like, you know, she's not worried that Killer Frost is going to go out and start murdering people. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think, I think we're going to see more killer frost and like maybe a permanent killer, maybe not semi-permanent, you know, we'll see, we'll see Caitlin show up as much as killer frost did last season. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so like, you know, if somebody's injured and they need a doctor, then great. She can switch back. But no, I'm really actually digging this, this concept to really kind of, you know, if, if the way that they've structured this character you know, I've, I've kind of made my peace with it, but now we actually get a, a chance to to be with Killer Frost to actually see who she is as a character and allow her to develop into, hopefully, it seems like a weird thing to say, but hopefully the supervillain that we know her to be. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, even Ralph said it, like the name Killer Frost is a little too much. You want to change it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. She's not going to change it. She's not going to change it, though. She gave him that look. That was a cold look. Yeah, but uh, are they going to make her a villain? I don't think so. 
She is a villain. What do you mean are they going to make her? Not in this show, she's not a villain. Not yet, but she has been, and she will be. You can't call her Killer Frost and make her not a villain. Well, you can. They did. <laughs> she needs to be a villain, man. I think, I think that's the direction we're going to go, and it may be that she's kind of holding Caitlyn hostage at, at some point. Like, you know, who knows, who knows what the thing will be? And I'm sure it won't be until after Crisis. Who know? I mean, like we don't technically know who the villain is on the second half of the season. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of speculation that it'll likely be a speedster villain of some sort, but it's possible that Killer Frost is actually the big nah, villain. Nah, nah. If they do that, that would be way too quick of a 180, and I wouldn't be happy with that. Nah, I mean, I hear you. It would be a bit rushed. Like, if, we'll, if we'll, they want to do that, they can, they can, they can spend the, re- the back half of this season leaning towards that, and then maybe next season. But if they make the back half of this season... Caitlin just all of a sudden being or Killer Frost all of a sudden being like, yeah, you know what? All the wacky adventures and stuff that we have mean nothing to me and I hate you and I'm going to kill you. I, I just that would be I don't, I don't I don't I don't like that. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, one way or the other, I love the costume. I love that we're going to be spending time with her. Uh, all right. So we we have, we have a lot of characters on this show. Yes, we do. You know, one of the things we try to do on this podcast is we try to touch on every single character that is on screen. And, and you know, regardless of even how big or small their their plot line might be. Uh, but finally, after combing through all the characters, we can finally get to Iris and Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, they started out this episode with, you know, uh, kind of a heartbreaking moment of them watching uh, Nora die. You know, it is uh, no no surprise or secret to anybody who's been listening to Flash TV talk. Nora was uh, my favorite character on the show, second only to Eobard Thawne. And uh, the loss of her was very difficult. I actually went back and rewatched my hot takes video from the season finale and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I was kind of, I was, I was kind of crying during, yeah. during the season finale. I was, I was moved, man. And so a large part of this episode was really about dealing with loss. And we saw that Barry is in denial, that he's trying to work really hard, that, you know, he wants to make sure that, you know, this never happens again, but you, you almost get the sense that he's not allowing himself to process these emotions. And Iris, on the other hand, she's, she's definitely feeling these emotions, but she's also trying to like hold on to whatever little piece she can of Nora um, because they talk about it, man. They, they have been operating at least for the last four months as though they will see a Nora again, even though it's not the Nora they knew. Yeah. Do you think that's going to happen? Cause to me, that seems insanely unlikely. I mean, it's a new timeline. Who knows? I mean, from a storytelling standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. And I do hope that we see her at some point. Her name will be Dawn or something of that nature. That'll be great. But uh, like, so without getting into, you know, too much of the birds and the bees, isn't there like a statistic, uh, situation that needs to require like for the exact same person to be born at the exact, like stuff needs to happen at a very specific time. And even then there's a statistic chance that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like I'm no geneticist, but, uh, I did do Punnett squares in, you know, high school and stuff. So, uh, I know that if they have four kids, uh, no, <laughs> thank you, Gregor Mendel. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying like, look, it, I, I do think like narratively it makes sense. It would be, it would be foolish not to have a jump to the future where a version of Nora, uh, doesn't exist. I think it makes a lot of sense, but I think we'll see I, the twins maybe. I, I think you're right. I think we will. I think she'll have a brother. I absolutely think she'll have a brother. And, you know, I don't know if his name will be Don or, uh, and her name will be Don or what exactly the situation is. But I do think that we will see a future in which she has a brother and that, you know, 
she will exist, albeit not the same Nora that we've known. Uh, which, by the way, also adds to my whole statistical thing. But you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 interesting though because I think I think uh, uh, Cecile had a really good line about it where she was talking about saying you know you can't sidetrack grief like you can't just sit there and yeah. say oh no it's fine I don't have to grieve for Nora because I'm going to see her again because you know you're not <laughs> you're absolutely yeah right. and. The, the other thing, too, is I love that they address that there's no support group for something like this. Like, their life is so weird. You know, like, to, to meet your child from the future, to develop a relationship, to kind of take ownership of that relationship, and to, to connect and bond with this person, who's essentially your age, but also your child, and then to lose that person because they no longer exist, and it's just... There's complexity of emotions that just do not exist for non-speedsters. Yeah. Like, how do you talk to a therapist about, like, going back in time and saving your mother from death only to, like, ruin the world and then come back and, like, have to watch her die? (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, like... (laughs) Right. They need to bring that therapist back, but, like, give her, like, a metahuman ability to somehow be able to deal with... (laughs) Like, superhuman empathy. (laughs) Right. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, no, but, but that's the thing, man. They're going through it. I love, by the way, that through the machinations of, of, you know, what's going on with, um, I hate to call him chunk. I feel like that name doesn't age very well, but with Chester, uh, the, through what's going on with Chester, they have the opportunity or the need to incorporate future tech into Barry's suit, which means the opportunity to create the new suit, which is fantastic by the way. Yeah. Um, absolutely incredible we kind of gushed all over it uh this last past uh, over the the break um on one of the road to crisis episodes but yeah i mean a fantastic new costume but what may like like takes it over the edges man this costume is laced with future tech that is specifically from nora's uh from aspects of nora's costume or rather her technology that we know is uh, future proof seems like the wrong terminology but basically able to withstand changes to the timeline so even though she went away her tech did not yeah, which is weird because like her costume and stuff deteriorated when she did, except for like the gauntlet and the jacket. Yeah. I thought she was wearing that jacket when she disintegrated. She was, but you got to remember that's that's um, her mom's jacket. Like so, that there's two jackets. Oh, that's right. Because when uh, when Iris was a speedster, that was the jacket right. that she wore. Yeah, okay. Right, and so the the present, the jacket and the present, I think was always there, and she was wearing the jacket from the future. So the jacket from the future would have gone away, but the jacket in the present would still be there up until it got sucked into a black hole. But then they have a new jacket, so it's fine. No, Barry got it out of the black hole. He got it out of the black hole? Oh, he grabbed it, didn't he? Yeah, he grabbed it. That's right. Good good on Barry. Barry. You know, I'm hoping, I don't know if anybody got sucked into the black hole, but I'm hoping he grabbed them out too. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) We saw a car. I don't know if anybody was in that car. Hopefully not. <laughs> That'd be really bad. It's like people are like, help, help. It's like, I got to pick this thing up for my wife. God, why? Sorry. Why wasn't it crushed? Like, I mean, I get it. Okay. Well, you know, speed force aura protects Barry. Sure. Fine. But like, we've moved on from this spell. I just, I just, OMG science, just, man. Just gotta, gotta OMG science. It. It's fine. Like <laughs> infinite density, infinite mass. Like, all right we got to talk about these bookends though man because of course this episode does open up with uh the flash fighting godspeed now we knew godspeed was coming back um you know this is a character that a lot of people were dissatisfied with his appearance last season and i love the way that they 
almost pay homage to that because it's like, oh, it's Godspeed, but now it's another one. So the idea is that we've got multiple Godspeeds out there, all with this kind of odd uh, situation where they can't speak. Uh, so there is kind of this uh, this nature of like maybe these false god speed uh, god speeds that are that are out there. Yeah, like I wonder if they are some kind of like time remnant. Maybe I don't know. Could be a time remnant. Um, it could be that they're all from timelines that are in flux. Yeah. So we have kind of god speeds that are coming back from the future. Uh, but they're coming back from alternate futures. And so um, they're having a hard time kind of maintaining the present. Uh, there's a lot we don't know here. This this almost seems to possibly set up something larger uh, going on later on in the season. But it's also possible this is setting up something to do with the crisis. That perhaps all of these Godspeeds will kind of merge at some point. Uh, maybe once the multiverse is no longer in flux, that the, uh, the Godspeeds will kind of become one. That could be a possibility. There's just, there's a lot that we don't know, but I think it was almost a good way of kind of like immediately saying like, Hey, we, we know y'all didn't like Godspeed last season, but guess what? You know, there, there's more going on here. See, here's another Godspeed and, and, and maybe that's not even the real Godspeed. Well, did, you know well, what I mean? Yeah. Didn't Barry say something about how this is uh, what Cisco mentioned it? Like he's like a fake, fake speedster. I mean, that's cause he's use he's pulling from the V nine uh, or for, or for one strain of the velocity. Well, no, 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 but like Barry said, this is, or did Cisco say it? Like, this is the fourth. The fourth? Okay, so he did say the fourth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's the fourth one. They've already got the rest of them all locked up. I'm just saying, man, something's going on with Godspeed. Yes. Now, we know the blood work is going to be the big bad before crisis, right? Yeah, I mean, he's the big bad of this half of the season. So we knew that after the San Diego Comic-Con kind of reveal well, that they were going to split I this up. think yeah. that this points to Godspeed perhaps being the back end of the season villain. You think so? I mean, they're, they're setting it up. It's they're, they're throwing the little, you know, they're throwing the, uh, uh, the, the breadcrumbs out there. It, it seems to me like it makes sense. Like maybe, maybe, you know, a couple episodes from now, we'll, we'll see like another, we'll get a little, another tidbit about, um, about Godspeed just to kind of like set that up. But like, I, I think that would make sense to have some kind of really neat, godspeed story for the last half of the season yeah now i could see that i could definitely see that i I know that there's a desire to uh, make good on the promise of the character and i think him being a big bad is the right way to do it the odd thing bell is that this is so very different from the way that the character was introduced in the comics so who knows exactly what we will see in the future from godspeed um but man one thing that we do know is that the future is coming and coming quick uh as as we close out the episode on Uh, A return of the monitor. And that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right, man. The monitor shows up here at the very last moments of the episode for literally no reason. Well, he has to tell them not to have hope because Barry. He doesn't have to tell them that. Like, he already did the thing so they wouldn't have hope, which I don't even know if that's a good enough excuse to do what he did. Because, I mean, like, how is that giving them hope? How is their dead daughter giving them hope? I don't know. Maybe looking forward to the future, like to go have kids and stuff. But like, okay, it's been moved forward, you know, to December. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. No, you're. I'm picking up what you're putting down. That makes a lot of sense. Fine. Destroying the message so they don't have hope. Great. Why did he wait four months, then come back and be like, "Hey, remember that thing I did four months ago? I did that so you wouldn't have hope." Bye. Um, because Barry was being hopeful again. 
and the blue lantern core ring was trying to find him and the <laughs> monitor's like nah i can't have that crush the message uh-huh. that'd be great what if that was what if that was true well, that, what if that was true what if he had like a blue lantern read and every single time it glowed he was like oh <laughs> barry started yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta pop back into the present uh okay fair enough i suppose i'll give that to you one way or the other that's the thing we want right like this this whole this whole build up to crisis like i get it legends of tomorrow is off hunting craziness and and they got their whole deal Uh, you know arrow it's the final season you got to stick to that grittiness of what that show is and and that's what that's what you want there that that's that's if you're a fan of that show you know you don't care about major cosmic whatever you you want felicity and and oliver drama that's that's why you've been watching for seven years six years in, in an episode but here man on the flash we're talking multiverse we're talking timelines. We're talking. We're, this is this is our crisis. This is this is the, the the Flash. I mean, you know, it could be argued that since its inception, it's kind of been the the, the flagship show of the CW or the Arrowverse. But it's definitely going to be the flagship show of the Arrowverse after this season. And so I think maybe they're they're going to have a lot of that uh, uh, build up work on the Flash, which I think is great. Cause I love it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily want to go have to watch arrow episodes to get my crisis fix, you know, on no, the build up here. No, uh, so no, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fit. You would you couldn't, you couldn't build up to crisis on arrow, man. It just would not fit with that show is they have to give their fans an adequate and proper dismissal or, or yes. send off right of these send characters off. yes uh and so yes i i completely agree it, it just that's that's not what arrow fans want right now arrow fans want their characters taken care of and i think i and i, I hope that's what they're it's what they're getting which is why i think they're gonna put uh, you know have flash do a lot of heavy lifting on that which i think is great you know i get that's the word on the street man that we are we, we are theoretically supposed to get touches of crisis and it, it sounds like next week is going to be a big lead up to crisis moment especially with um, Barry and Iris realizing that the timeline has been sped up. Uh, that, but I mean, let, let's face it here, Bo. Uh, what does Green Arrow do during Crisis on Infinite Earths? He shoots arrows at it. What does Barry <laughs> Allen do during Crisis on Infinite Earths? He saves the freaking multiverse. Yes. And case in point, nothing more needs to be said about that. <laughs> right. Right. No, look, this isn't a competition. This isn't a competition. It really is not. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. They're setting up things on arrow on arrow right now. Uh, with even just with last, uh, last crossover, you, you walked away thinking, okay, Oliver's going to die. He's going to sacrifice himself to save the world. Uh, on flash. We have since literally the beginning of the series, literally the beginning of the series, the nod that Barry is going to die in crisis, that our Barry is going to die in crisis. We have the prophecy being laid in this episode with the monitor saying that Barry Allen will die in the crisis. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been saying it all lead up to, uh, to, to crisis. I've said it throughout the road to crisis. And so for those that weren't watching that because you didn't want to be spoiled, let me say it here. This isn't a spoiler at all. This is pure speculation. I do not believe that Oliver Queen is going to die in the crisis. I don't believe that our Barry Allen is going to die in the crisis or disappear or whatever you have. I think that a Barry Allen is going to die. I think that John Wesley ships earth 90 Barry Allen will be the one that sacrifices himself to save the multiverse. 
which will be an amazing conclusion to that character a great homage like you got the character you got the actor ship is like he is down for this stuff he's going to be jay garrick he's like you know like he is he's here and there is no better way to send off that character that you cannot kill a flash better than in the crisis and if you're going to do it especially right now when grant gustin's flash is still a viable uh you know money machine you do it with the og flash himself uh saving the multiverse of, of all these wonderful television shows from well i won't even mention the television shows that are being mentioned in case you don't want spoilers but anyway point is there's going to be a lot of a lot of folks yeah and somebody's going to take that hit and i don't think it's going to be our barry i don't think it's going to be oliver queen i think it's going to be john wesley ships barry yeah the, the the monitor's gonna or any monitor's gonna be sitting there like um all right barry come on and like john wesley ships gonna go up and like sacrifice himself and he's just like but i I want no. I wanted that flash. And he's like, well, <laughs> you said the flash. I am the flash. Therefore, contract sealed. Sorry, bye bye. And he's like, oh man. Well, so Karen <laughs> uh, over on Twitter mentioned that it also could be John. It could be his. Um, it could be his Jay Garrick, which I, I really, you know, I I could also see that happening, but I really hope it doesn't, um, for a number of reasons, because uh, that character like ship as Garrick is amazing. Yeah. Ship is Barry Allen is great too. I mean like he's, he's great at both these characters, but I don't know, man. It just, it, to me, it makes way more sense. If you're going to have this massive multiverse that you have that flash be the one to take the hit to be, to be Barry Allen, like, like make the prophecy true, make the, make the paper true with one slight caveat. It's a different picture that's up there on on the screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that's what they're going to do with it. I think that'd be, really awesome uh and think about the whole like flash standing over the flash body like that that um iconic crisis on infinite earths like image with like the blue background and everything in the shadows like imagine recreating that with like gustin's barry allen standing over uh ship's barry allen yeah it'd be phenomenal anyway i i just i think it's gonna happen and yes i will be impossible to live with if, if it does happen <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm self-aware enough to know this yeah <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out there um but yeah all right well there you go so uh any any other thoughts bell in terms of uh the the monitor showing up here at the the tail end man i i think i think that's exactly what's going to happen i think that makes the most sense from a just from like a you know nod to the original series to john Wesley ship to kind of like finalize the role of the character and so that barry doesn't disappear because like what are they going to do? Like just not have another season of flash. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, when the crisis comes, should I come to Austin for a couple of days? Uh, and then we can just like watch it live and podcast immediately after. Sure. For like each episode. I, I just invited myself to your house. I realized, I mean, I got a guest bedroom. It'd be easier for me to go there for them for you to come here. I would imagine. I'd have to take days off work, like every Tuesday off of work for, you know, I guess it'd just be one Tuesday, right? Yeah, my work travels. And I, I bring the work with me. Yeah. Oh, no, because how many nights is it? It's Is it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? The other thing we could do, Bell, is we could do a live podcast at the tail end of Crisis. Like, uh, you know, so maybe maybe I go to Austin for the first half and you come uh, to Houston for the second half. And then we'll do a live one here in Houston that people can come down for. And we'll all watch the uh, the finale together and we'll we'll do a live podcast right then and there. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Anyway, if you're in the Houston or Austin area and that sounds amazing, let us know and maybe we'll throw something like that together. Yeah. 
John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. Red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow. All right, man, let's have feedback uh, from iTunes. This one's coming in from Luca 905 What did they have to say? A hilarious joy to listen to always. I love this podcast. I think it's so awesome how excited Bo gets about the Flash. He's my spirit animal. <laughs> Bell is just as awesome, and he's just so chill about it all. Well, thank you. Uh, with an amazing <laughs> mix of humor and knowledge, I got so much of my Flash info from this podcast, and it's really nice to listen to people who are so passionate about the subject as I am, because it helps me get through the, quote, OMG science of it all. <laughs> it helps me forget about life for a while. I uh, love your podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, uh, thank you very much for the review. We're really glad that we can help, uh, you know, make your day easier, because everybody likes to have their day you know, that, that's you just want to you just want to listen to a podcast, watch a show and just veg out. That's awesome. So appreciate it. Absolutely. And man, we also got an iTunes review. This one's coming in from uh, from the UK, actually. Uh, Colin Alaska. What do they have to say? A great podcast. If you want a review of the episode of The Flash and random speculation about the future. No need to apologize for the shenanigans, guys. <laughs> I come for the review and stay for the shenanigans. By the way, the DeVoe went down to Central City uh, from Subject 9 is so very, very good. Ah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Colin. We really appreciate that feedback. And hey, if you haven't added over to iTunes uh, to write us a view, review, please do so. It doesn't cost you a dime to do it. But if you are willing to spend a few dimes to help this show happen, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk. There's some great benefits for you if you do that as well. Uh, you can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk or at the Real Bo York is me or Ring that Bell is Bell. But if 280 characters is it enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at potastery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, as well as live podcasts, that's right, right now happening at Facebook.com slash flash tv talk and as always special thanks to charlie bach who provides music for our episodes you can find out the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash charlie bach we are a very proud member of the tv talk network check out tvtalk.fm for the latest and greatest in tv talking podcasts and until next time guys we'll be back in a flash ah! <laughs> <laughs>